pelota que se extiende, el bofo que la pelea, aquí aguanta Bautista, el disparo, golazo, golazo. Hello and welcome to episode 2 of the Chivas del Norte podcast. My name is Álvaro and I'm joined by Flo. Hey guys, it's Flo, how's everyone doing out there? So Flo, how was uh, your Monday after this crazy game? Uh, I had a busy Monday. Thankfully, I was uh, moving things into a storage unit, so I was distracted and got to forget about that that game um, until I started recording this podcast. Now I have to talk about it again. <laughs> so uh, it wasn't you that started that Reddit thread, the suicidal thought of Cuba fans? <laughs> oh, no, no, that wasn't, that wasn't that, definitely not me. People are taking it a little too far, apparently, but... <laughs> I just hope it was all uh, it was all jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I read a couple of posts. I don't think uh, anything serious in there. That's good. All right, let's jump into it. So Chivas versus Jaguares, the first half, aka the good. So Chivas started off pressing and attacking as usual, which is what we've done the whole season. At the third minute, Chofins had a good shot. Moises blocked it. And Pizarro was there to put it past Moises. So, what uh, what do you think of the build up to that play? Yeah, it was um, it was pretty good. I think uh, Trophies had a couple one two given goals um, to uh, really set it up. It, it doesn't seem like Chapas was really ready started the game, um, and he was able to get into the box and get the shot off. And Pizarro was right there, ready to jump on it. He wasn't going to make a, the same mistake in front of goal twice like last week, and he was uh, able to bury it. Yeah, I think um, a couple. I saw a couple of people on Twitter uh, comparing Chofis to, to Messi again. The Mexican Messi hype continues. I think he has a. <laughs> I think he has a long ways to go, but you know he has his little uh, moments of greatness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and I can see where they're at least in this particular play I can see where they're comparing it to Messi a bit because the little give and goes Messi tends to do that a lot with his uh, midfielders and um, with Suarez and Neymar he just does little give and goes little give and goes and before you know it he's in the box scoring a goal so I can definitely see the comparison on this particular play all right and then um, about around the 25th minute Cello a great a great cross by um, Pizarro playing on the left wing, put into the box for Cello. Cello shoots, Moises blocks, it falls to Chofis. Chofis tries to put it in the net, and Moises makes a crazy double save. How, how mad were you when that, when that didn't go in? I mean, I really wasn't even mad. I was more amazed <laughs> than anything. I, that was, you can't do much there but tip your hat um, to, the, to the former America uh, player there. <laughs> But yeah, I mean it was it was a great save and um it's at the time, you know, Chivas had was dominating the game. Chivas had all the possession. You didn't think, you know, you thought more goals were coming. You didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal going down to the rest of the game, but uh you know that that turned out to be a huge huge double save for them. Yeah. After that save, I was thinking this is going to get ugly for Jaguares. I was looking forward to the rest of the game. And little did we know, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Alright, so at the 33rd minute, Pulido drew a foul in the penalty in the penalty area. And then uh, a little uh, fighting between Chelo and Pulido there. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think uh, Pulido grabbed the ball initially. He really, really wanted to PK, but if I remember from the watching the telecast, I think they said that the orders came from the from the bench to uh, let Cello take the take the penalty. If I if I remember correctly, yeah, it was. Um, Pulido had it. He set the ball up and he uh, he was ready to kick it, and then um, Cello jumped back in the box, and you could see him pointing to the to Almeida because Almeida threw up a. I guess he threw up the signal for Cello to take it because he's the designated PK taker. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, again, it just brings up that little question of how how effective can Cello and Pulido be when they're on the field at the same time? Like, can they work together? Just bring yeah. that up a little again. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last week. This this past week, though, at least in the first half. Um, I thought the uh, I thought they were doing pretty well together. I thought the the entire um, attacking four was doing very well, um, working together, um, you know, passing and picking each other up. Uh, especially on this play with a penalty. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention as well was that it was Pizarro that um, put in that cross to Polito that drew the penalty. Um, Pizarro was very very active in that first half, really the whole game. Um, but yeah, I just thought that they did a lot better in the first half than they had in, in uh, previous games. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, I think Pizarro did a great job on the on the wings as opposed to trying to play down the middle, which is what I made up been having him do. Yeah, and I think uh, I think Pizarro, when you think of him as a player, you I mean you may think you know a player that plays central, but he I think he's shown that he can play on the wings as well. Yep, and then, you know, Cello being ice cold, put it past Moises, and I think he still has yet to miss a, a lead penalty. Yeah, I think that put him up to like 9 for 9 or maybe 10 for 10. I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but yeah, he definitely hasn't missed yet. All right, and then before the first half ended, we had a great run by Orbelin. He gets fouled outside the box, and you know, a free kick outside the box. We figure Chofis is going to take it. Maybe Orbelin takes it. Maybe Gallito takes it. But who steps up? The the Mexican Matt Hummels. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think uh, it was a it was a great free kick. Um, hit the ended up hitting the crossbar. Uh, I'm not sure if it um, if it would have been on target. I'm not sure if uh, Moises would have got the got the save on it. Um, it seems like it, uh, he was caught off guard that that uh, Alanis took it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he really expected him to take it. He kind of when he looked up, he just saw the ball coming. He kind of just froze. He didn't know what to do. If it was on target. I think. I think it would have went in. Yeah, and, it, uh, it would have been very, very close. But it was. It was a great job. And again, I just want to highlight that uh, that run uh, from Pineda. It was. It was something to watch. If he wouldn't have gotten fouled there at the at the edge of the box, I think he might have got in there and got a, a at least a shot on target and uh, and tested the goalkeeper. Yeah, I think if he gets in the box, he buries it and we get a backflip. <laughs> but that didn't happen. <laughs> no, it did not. All right, for the second half, 
aka the ugly. The big story, Chivas blew a two-goal lead in less than 10 minutes. Yeah, I, I mean, they blew the two-goal lead in less than 10 minutes, and that's that's not only blowing a two-goal lead where, oh, now we're tied. That's blowing a two-goal lead like, oh, now we're a goal behind. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I really couldn't couldn't believe what I was watching um, from the start. You know, Chapas had all the energy. Chivas was just out there, and it seemed like they they were caught off guard. They're they're almost going through the motions, and when that first, even when the first uh, non goal happened, the, their first opportunity where they had the header that went off the post, even then you, it just seemed like Chivas was stunned, and they they just didn't recover in time. Before they knew it, three goals had got got passed. Yeah, when when Jaguares had that that shot that hit the post and then Cota saved it in the in the small area. The fact that that didn't go in, I thought that was going to be their wake-up call and they were going to react. And it just didn't happen. Jaguares came out with all this energy. They were attacking. I felt like every shot they took was on target in the second half. It, all of them had a chance to go in. So um, just to recap the goals, the first goal was a Felix Araujo header off a corner kick at the 51st minute. And then at the 53rd minute, a penalty drawn by Fabro off an Alanis foul. That was the 53rd minute PK. And then at the 55th minute, Lucas Silva, a shot from outside the box, put it right past Cota in the bottom right corner. That came off terrible defending. Um, I think it was a clearance by Alaniz. No, it was a clearance by um, Aris Hernandez. He kind of cleared it into the middle of the box, which you never, which you're taught never to do. And then it just ends up rebounding off players and at Fabra's feet and puts it past Cota. Yeah, it was, it was just really bad defending for the first, even, even after this, it was continued bad defending um, I'm not sure when we made the switch uh, where we uh, brought on Fierro yeah. and we uh, took out um, Chavo Sanchez and I, I thought um, Sanchez was one of the better defenders that we had in that first half and you know going into the second half and then when we took him out I was, I was pretty surprised to you know throw on Fierro out there yeah I think at that point he just wanted to get well, it's what he does. He wanted to get attackers on the field, try to create offensive um, opportunities to get goals. It just didn't work this time around. Yeah, yeah. It, went, it, seemed, it seemed like we went to a three in the back and uh, turned Gaito into a center back. Yeah, I think I even saw him maybe positioning himself as a cornerback too, as a center back. Nah, yeah, wrong, yeah. Wrong sport. <laughs> <laughs> wrong football. Yep. All right, and then the the dagger was the Luis Leal goal at the at the seventy second minute, which uh, he blasted off of Cota's face. Which oh, man, that have you ever been blasted uh, in the face by a soccer ball? Uh, no, I have not, but I have went face first to the ground. So okay. I imagine uh, <laughs> it's pretty pretty similar it's it's uh, not very good it, like your your eyes get all watery and so it's it's just add insult to injury right there um he just blasted off his face and 
and into the goal. And people were saying, oh, was that an own goal? I was like, please don't even try to make it an own goal. <laughs> no uh-huh. way. That was going in, and his face just happened to be in the way. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of that that YouTube video of the goalkeeper making all the saves with his oh. face. <laughs> it was just... They timed for the chair. <laughs> yeah. It was, just, it was just bad. At that point, I mean... I did, I was really nothing we could say. It was just all bad. And then a little shimmer of hope in the in the eighty fourth minute when Pizarro got his brace. Yeah. Just, so uh, did you did you think we were gonna come back and tie it? Honestly, I, did you think? I mean, I thought there was a chance at least. Um, when Pizarro got that brace, he grabbed the ball. He went. He went running to to midfield. Everybody seemed like they were all of a sudden back into the game. And I mean, to to be fair, from that point on, for the last you know ten minutes remaining of the game, there we did have a couple of chances. We were threatening, but it just wasn't meant to be. Yeah, I thought I thought maybe we'd get the the tie, but Chiapas threw all their players into their own half, and they were just they decided to park the bus. Yeah. Yeah, but all in all, terrible, terrible second half. Yeah, you know, they just they didn't want first place, you know. It's all right, man. It's, you know, when's the last time a first place team won won the whole thing? It's too much pressure. <laughs> we're 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 being smart. Yeah, that's that's what we'll uh, that's what we'll say. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, what can we what can we take away from this? game or what do we take away from this game um what I take away from this game is that we need to improve in the second half <laughs> that's the the obvious one uh there was a stat on twitter yeah. uh that we saw where it's, it showed this so far this season Chivas in the first half has scored 10 goals and conceded zero goals in the first half and in the second half, they conceded ten goals and only scored two. So I mean, that's a that that just doesn't happen, you know. That's that's a cause for for alarm right there. That's something that definitely we need to uh, to need need to work on. I don't know what's going on at halftime. I don't know what's going on in the second half where we're coming out with no sense of urgency or what's going on. But it, it definitely needs to change. Yeah, those uh. The second half goals that was uh, one yesterday, and then one against Santos that we had at the ninety third minute, and uh, it's crazy because I just I wasn't sure, so I just searched it up real quick, and Pizarro scored both our uh, second half goals. Pizarro, man, he's he's been everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 bad. It's it's really bad, and and it almost goes back to the whole the whole joke that people are. Are saying on Twitter, of you know when when Chivas all of a sudden went into eleven versus ten, Chivas starts to play worse. Well, maybe it's not the eleven versus ten. Maybe it's just the second half that we we uh, <laughs> don't know how to play in. Yeah, it's uh, yeah we always do it. We just fall off. So um, I think this is just a. I hope they use it as a learning experience. You know, they gotta play 90 minutes you can't play 45 minutes and not play the second 45 minutes yeah definitely um 
You know I mean, that's all we can hope is that they take it as a learning experience and learn from it. But unfortunately, to this point, it seems like it's it's become almost a habit. So I hope uh, Almeida has something planned uh, where you know he he can break the habit because Chivas is a lot of positions. You know, fairly fairly young, so a lot of these guys can take it as a learning experience. But I definitely hope they have something. Um, they do something different uh, moving forward. Yeah, and um, after the game, I think Almeida cited the number of games that they played in February as a reason as to why they fell apart in the second half of this game. But again, I don't, I don't think that's a valid excuse or reason. It's just, I, it tends to happen a lot. Yeah, I mean, especially when you know the stat of how it's gone all year. Um, I think Almeida was just trying to say something, you know, to yeah. um, to place the blame somewhere, but it's definitely something that needs to needs to change within the team. Yeah, and I think um, Saldivar, uh, they had an interview that they did with him on the Chivas website, and basically he said that the team didn't get confident, they just lacked the concentration and didn't manage the game correctly that, that the team is going to learn from this. Yeah, I'm not sure what to make of that because, I mean, he's saying that the team as a whole lacked concentration and didn't manage the entire game right. I don't know if that's going back on Almeida or maybe, I mean, because to me, if, it, if you're lacking concentration and you're just out there, I mean, that to me is getting a little too confident. But he says that's not what it is. So it's, it's kind of a confusing quote to me. Yeah, I, I think it just happened way too fast. That's the thing. Like, give up three goals in less than ten minutes. That's hard to recover from. No matter what, no matter what team you are. Yeah, they need a they needed to call a timeout somewhere in there, but <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't, but it couldn't happen. So, unfortunately, by the time they they got a hold of everything, they already had conceded three goals in ten minutes and. You know, and they started pushing the guys forward. They went to three in the back and everything, which led to the fourth goal. And unfortunately, we couldn't get those two goals at the end. Yep. Um, One thing that we're both worried about was uh, Alanis. It looked like his confidence was shot. And his uh, defending was terrible on two out of the four goals conceded. Yeah, yeah. He was, um, he gave up the penalty. And then it was on the on the fourth goal, right? That uh, that it was his fault as well. I mean, he just did not look very good out there. I mean, at this point, I, I thought I just thought that the um, first goal was his fault too, and it turned out that it wasn't his fault. I was just ready to blame Alanis for every for everything. But yeah, I mean, two of the four goals though, you know, he he played a big part in. So he did not look very confident out there for sure. Yeah, I think he uh, he also was quoted on the Chivas website that they're going to use this game as a learning experience and that they can't wait to play the next game so they can prove it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely hope so. I think um, the fact that the guys seem to be saying the same thing in the media, you know, all saying that, you know, they're taking it as a learning experience, they're going to do better. I hope this was, you know, the wake-up call and that, Moving forward in the second half, they look a lot better. 
Yep. And lastly, we go back to the cello and pulido duel. Is it still not working? The that little dispute they had on field. Pulido trying to take the penalty kick away from Saldivar. Um. Yeah, I don't. I think I think we need to give it some more time. Like I mentioned earlier, I thought in this game, at least in the first half, at least it was maybe the best they've looked together. And I think Polito was just, you know, ready to get that that goal. He was desperate for a goal. That's why he wanted to take the penalty. But I don't really think it was too much of a of a dispute once you know Almeida stepped in and called for Cello to take it. I think Polito was fine with it. He, you know, he celebrated with them and everything afterwards, so I don't think there was any hard feelings there. Yeah, he did celebrate with Cella right away. I guess he wanted to get back into good graces of the fans, maybe, if they're starting to turn on him. Because I've seen some people tweet, or uh, maybe even on Reddit, that are saying the Bolita should go to the bench. But I think his desperation to score a goal is a, is a good thing. I think eventually he'll score a, he'll score a goal off off a of play instead of actually uh, on-field play, as opposed to having to resort to taking the penalty or a free kick. It's just a matter of time for him. Yeah, and I like I like that he's trying really hard out there. He you know he seems desperate for a goal. He's out there hustling. Um, I think once he gets that one, and the, you know the the floodgates might open. He might score two or three. You know, in a in a, within a matter of a game or two. Yeah, and hopefully uh, their second half goes. <laughs> hopefully Pizarro's out lonely out there in the second half. <laughs> All right, let's uh, move on and uh, do some talk about something fun. All right. Well, this week uh, we're going to have another top five like we uh, mentioned. We're going to try to do a top five every week for you guys. Um, this week we're going to do top five goal celebrations. Um, so we're going to try to keep it light. Um, if you listen to the podcast, you can visit our uh, Twitter, and we're going to be posting all of the uh, all the celebrations on our Twitter page, so you can go in there and check them out if you're not familiar with them. Um, I'm going to start it off at number five. We actually have a tie. Um, and this is not us just wanting to get an extra celebration in there. Uh, we actually... <laughs> had a point system where me and Alvaro voted on the celebrations and we just happened to have a tie at number five. Um, the first one is going to be uh, the Marco Fabian celebration, uh, the execution on Medina. He, so a lot of people, this is kind of a controversial celebration to say the least. Uh, this is the celebration where he scored and then he acted like he pulled a gun and he uh, essentially executed one of his team members. <laughs> so, you know, with everything going on in, in Mexico, and obviously back then, even still now, it's definitely a, a controversial celebration. But me personally, I, I loved it as soon as I saw it. Um, so, uh, you know, I think it's worthy of being here in the top five. All right. So that was Flo's uh, number five. That was tied with my number five. Um, Adolfo El Bofo Bautista, his uh, cleat toss. Every time he would score a goal, he would take off his cleat, make a horn on his head, and then chuck it into the crowd, and somebody walked away with a Bofo cleat. I just thought that was always uh, really cool. And um, 
I think Flo is like just too much of a Marco Fabiano fanboy to not see what was wrong with that execution celebration. <laughs> hey, man, sometimes you just got to get your cartel boss on, you know? <laughs> All right, Flo, uh, All right. number four. Yeah, moving on to number four. Uh, we're going with um, Kubo, Kubo Torres, Eric Torres, uh, with his good old robot dance. You know, this is a little bit of you know consistency there every time he scored he would do the same little robot dance i think a lot of people liked it um i liked it personally and you know it's just when he whenever you, he scored you looked forward to it so i think that's why it's deserving a number four i know people i know back in the day we would say oh you know we're gonna see the robot dance today but um unfortunately he's not with chivas anymore he's now in the mls but been a while since i've seen the robot dance but i would welcome it back all right, at number three, we have um, Omar Bravo and Alberto El Venado Medina doing the Tapatio dance. Uh, this was uh, happened against Atlas. Uh, Omar Bravo scored a goal, and then him and Alberto Medina ran to the corner and just did the Tapatio dance together. And I think for the game that it happened, that the goal they scored, it was it was the perfect celebration, and uh, it's like the the great a great insult to Atlas. Yeah, definitely good. Moving on to number two, uh, we have Mr. Orbelin Peñera with his backflip. But for the number two, we're going to do his backflip slash dab combo. So Orbelin, you know, he's known for his backflip celebration, um, but he also has thrown in the backflip and then the dab as well afterwards. Um, I'm not sure who it was against, but... We'll definitely go ahead and post it on the Twitter, but, you know, his backflip by itself is enough to be on this list. But then when he goes and throws the dab in there as well, um, that's what made it move up to number two for us. Yeah, and the uh, honorable mention for his, um, what's that, uh, the Drake song? I, I can't remember right now. The No, oh, the Hotline Bling Dance. He did that one time, too. Oh, did he? Yeah, it looked like, uh, it looked like he was dancing salsa, but... He was trying to do the he was trying to do the hotline bling. The instead of the Toronto version, the <laughs> All right. Yeah. And then at uh at number one we have a, a throwback goal celebration, uh mid nineties. Gustavo El Gusano Napolis. Every time he would score a goal, he would uh run down the field and uh, just hit the worm. And I think as a kid, I remember that I was like, I would get on the floor and hit the worm. And like, it was freaking awesome. And uh, yeah. You would do the worm too? Yeah, hell yeah. I could never do the worm. <laughs> I'd do the worm when he did it. And then a couple of years later, when uh, Scotty Too Hottie would do the worm. <laughs> I was about to mention Scotty Too Hottie. <laughs> yeah, man. Before Scotty Too Hottie, there was a Gustavo Gusano Napolis. Yeah, maybe Scotty Too Hottie was a Chivas fan. Hey, you never know. <laughs> all right guys that's gonna wrap up the top five for this week top five goal celebrations like i mentioned we're gonna post um all the celebrations on our twitter page so you can go check it out let us know which one is your favorite or let us know if we missed one um so next week we'll try to bring you another top five like i said we might do top five signings um top five buffalo haircuts you never um <laughs> you never know what we're gonna do Again, hit us up on Twitter if you got you got a request or let us know what you want to see as well.
Alright, let's uh, move on to Twitter questions. Alright, we got from uh, Adrian Ordones. He said, um, where, did all, where did it all go wrong against Chiapas? And second question, when do we give Mich Michel Benitez or Memo Martinez a chance? I think okay. I think where it all went wrong with Chap I think we we went into that already but just to answer the question is the lack of a uh, concentration. Yeah, and the that, lack of uh okay, I don't I don't even know what I want to what word I want to use but <laughs> the lack of something to start off that second half. Um lack of urgency maybe. It seemed like Chapas was, you know, had all the energy, all the urgency. And Chiaz was just there. So I think we've talked enough about that that second half. <laughs> um, for the second part of the question, um, yeah, Mr. Benitez, I, I'm not going to say his first name because I always want to say Rodriguez afterwards. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, I was watching the, the Copa game last week um, where he came on as a substitute and scored a goal. And he looked he looked very very good. He, I I believe in that game when he came on he played in the le on the left wing, but from the moment he came on the field, you know he was he was taking on players. He was um doing doing a skill move or two every once in a while, and he looked he looked very good. I remember looking at him because he was the, he was the only player on the field that didn't have a name on the back of his jersey. <laughs> I was like, who is this? Um, and it turned out to be that's who it turned out to be. So I was very happy to see him score a goal. He he definitely looked very good out there though. So do you think it uh it'd be smart to throw him in the game? Yeah, I mean I'm not the biggest fan of uh Mr. Fierro. So if you wanted to throw him on in the seventieth minute of the second half, you know, twenty minutes left in the game, see what he can do. I'm 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 definitely not against that. Um sometimes we forget that Fierro is still only 22 as well, <laughs> and uh, Benitez is actually only 21, but so they're only a, a year difference. But you know, I think I think um, I think he definitely deserves a chance. Um, as for Memo Martinez, unfortunately, I don't really know too much about him. I know he's on loan from uh, Pachuca, and I know he was on the on the Mexico squad for the uh, under 20s. Um, I know he scored a couple goals um, in the under 20s. Um, for Chivas though, he hasn't, I think he's made one appearance last year. I believe he played in the second division and he, he put in, he put in some goals there. So obviously we can't really watch too much of the second division, but, um, you know, at this point I would rather see Benitez first and then maybe, um, throw in Memo Martinez in there too. But I definitely want to see, um, some more, uh, of Benitez. He, uh, he definitely intrigued me in that, in that Copa MX game. Yeah, I think since they're both naturally strikers, I think it's it's going to be hard for them to, say, start over Pulido or Cello. But yeah, I think, definitely. I think, um, I think they can get minutes. Michel, I think Michel Benitez should get minutes. Because, yeah, I'm with you on the Fierro. I think he has, like, small, like, brief moments where he's good. A good cross, maybe a good uh, pass. But his first touch just gets on my nerves, like, it's bad, and then I'm in the same boat with you with Memo Martinez. I don't, I don't know much, but I think the depth we have at striker right now with Michel Benitez included, I don't think, 
I don't see him breaking out and onto the team or maybe for a Copa and Mekis, maybe he'll get some minutes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you mentioned, I think I think in this past game against uh, Chapas, uh, didn't Fierro have like an opportunity where his first touch just let him down? Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, it was, yeah. Um, in the box and it was uh, in front of goal and it was just a terrible first touch and the goalie got to it. Yeah, that that Zardes first touch. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so I know I know he's only twenty two still, but he's been playing forever. It seems like. Um, you know, me personally, I'm I'm ready to to give someone else those you know 15, 20 minutes at the end of the game. Yeah, definitely. All right, and uh, the last Twitter, second and last Twitter question we got from uh, at Joshua something. Shout out to Josh. Um, what's our favorite book? All right. Um, my favorite book is either Brave New World or um, Native Son. So Brave New World, it's kind of similar to 1984, if you know about those books. Um, they're, they're both, you know, when you mention one a lot, the other one comes up a lot. Um, so if you like 1984, you'll probably like uh, Brave New World. And then Native Son is a crazy story. Um about about a youth in Chicago that gets caught up in in the you know in the murder. So they're both really good books. Uh, they're both considered classics, I guess you would say. So, but those are definitely my two favorites. All right, and uh, my favorite book happens to be a soccer book. It's called uh, Fever Pitch. Not not the movie about the Red Sox. It's definitely <laughs> not that. <laughs> it's a Fever Pitch by uh, Nick Hornby. And it's basically a, a story about the author's relationship with um, Arsenal Football Club. And I happen to be an Arsenal fan, and reading it, it's just, you could, I could relate to it so much. Disappointing? Yeah, disappointment. Like, brief, <laughs> brief periods of joy. Brief. <laughs> and um, if you're an Arsenal fan, and you, you want to laugh, just, it's, a good, it's a good read. It's a funny read. The story's about um, supporter sections, sitting in supporter sections, uh, different sections of the stadium. It's, it's, it's a fun read. If you're an Arsenal fan or if you're a soccer fan in general, I'd uh, recommend it. Fever Pitch by Nick Ornby. All right. And before we wrap up, the next game, next Chivas game is against the Luca on Saturday at uh, 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. That's going to be a big game because Chivas is now in fourth. And Toluca is in second, so if we want to stay in the in the top half of the table, we're gonna to have to win, win or tie that game, preferably. Yeah, win. yeah. I hope uh, I hope they come out and respond like they've said in the media, you know that they can't wait to get that next game, um, started. So I I hope we see an inspired Chivas out there um, on on Saturday night. Yep, second goal halves, first goal halves, first half. Goal, second half goals. <laughs> yeah, I hope I hope we score <laughs> two in the first and two in the and two in the second. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that's uh, that's it for this uh, podcast episode. My name's Alvaro. If you want to follow me on Twitter, my handle is uh, at underscore 
Dos Uno Flow. Let them know where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at the real flow F L O no W um, or uh, TCKFC. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And if you're not following us on, if you're not following the podcast account, the podcast account is at Chivas del Norte. So uh, and uh, be on the lookout for the gifts of the goal celebration that we talked about today. And that's that's the episode. All right, guys, thank you for listening. Peace.